I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And welcome back to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. Our focus is holistic wellness, including energy medicine, integrative health, nutrition, and the latest in the natural options that are available to help us all achieve optimum well-being. Well, usually at this time of year, we're resolving to do things like exercise more and eat better. But I doubt that many of us in a normal year would be listening, I should say listing, our gut microbiome as a top priority of our New Year's focus. But of course, this is not a normal year. The pandemic is still very much with us, and so too are new vaccines designed to energize our immune system and vanquish the COVID-19. So keeping our gut microbiome healthy has never been more important than now, and it turns out that each one of us can have a lot to do with that. To explain all of this and maybe give us a gut microbiome to-do list, we've invited microbiologist Kieran Krishnan to join us via Zoom. Kieran is the Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Health and an expert on the immune system. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Judy. Hi, Roy. Great to be with you in 2021. <laughs> I'm setting the intention that, w- that we're going to be celebrating. This is going to be a year of celebrations when we overcame things like COVID-19 and just increased the general health level of the population. So that's, that's my wish for 2021. Absolutely. You know, one of the silver linings of COVID is that it, it has, and this is measured out there, it has dramatically increased the um, general awareness around health topics for people, uh, around immune health, gut health, you know, micronutrients, things like vitamins and all that. So the, the general public is taking a bigger interest in their health, which is a, a good outcome. So first of all, we would like to know what's your view of the COVID-19 vaccines that have been developed? You know, in general, um, it's it's pretty remarkable what they've done. I actually, when I first started out in research uh, a long time ago, my main project that I was working on was on a vaccine. It was on an HIV vaccine, in fact. Um, and, you know, the HIV virus and the coronavirus are um, similar in that they have a significant number of difficulties when you're looking at uh, therapeutics or vaccination against them. Um, And it's quite remarkable that they've been able to do this within a year. Um, So, you know, hats off to the researchers and the um, scientists who've worked tirelessly, you know, 24 hours a day in many cases um, in developing a therapeutic option here with the vaccination. You know, I think that if a certain percentage of the population ends up getting vaccinated, it can really slow this down. It's not going to be uh, a thing that eliminates the virus completely. It's not going to have an effect like vaccines did on polio. Uh, it's not going to have an effect like vaccines have on things like MMR. Um, but I think it's going to s- significantly slow down the spread, which will be a, a good thing. So overall, I, I know we talked about this about six months ago, but remind us about how a vaccine works in general and specifically how it would work to defeat the COVID-19 virus? Yeah. So in general, what the idea behind vaccination is you expose your body to some component of the virus. And in this case, they often uh, target that spike protein. The reason they target the spike protein, which which creates a little coronas around the virus, hence it's called uh, coronavirus. The reason they target that is because that spike protein that the virus produces and has on its surface is a critical component for attaching to the human cell and then entering into the human cell. 
if that spike protein was ineffective or in, inactivated in some way, then the virus could not infect at all. So in most cases, the vaccines are targeting exposing our immune systems to that spike protein without the rest of the virus there. That way, our immune system sees that spike protein through the vaccine, and then it responds to it, thereby building immunity against the spike protein. So that should you see the actual coronavirus, then then your immune system will recognize the spike protein on the virus and then hopefully, uh, you know, execute a really effective immune response before the virus can really cause an infection. So it's, it's really a training for the immune system showing it a critical part of the, of the uh, virus without the entire thing. So the vaccines shouldn't really be triggering an infection in you. They should be triggering an immune response to a critical component of the virus. And, and I remember from our previous conversation that we can actually uh, take steps, can we can actually do something to help the vaccine be more effective. Am I remembering that right? Yes, because the effectiveness of the vaccine is going to be dependent on how well your immune system responds to it, right? If your immune system doesn't respond to it effectively, thereby producing things like antibodies or memory T cells against that spike protein, then it's not going to be that effective in protecting you. So ultimately, it still depends on how good and functional your immune system is uh, in order for the vaccine to be effective. Right? It, one of the misconceptions I hear is people think somehow the vaccine itself is providing you immunity and, and, uh, and protection. It's not. It's actually there to try to trigger your immune system to create that protection. And so if your immune system is not functioning optimally and functioning well, you're going to get less than optimal protection. Well, that that brings us back to one of the reasons we want to talk to you about it today, because we've heard you refer to the critical need to, to keep our gut microbiome balanced. So, so explain to our listeners, you know, why that is so important, and especially uh, given the situation we're all facing these days. Yeah, that might be confusing to people. You know, they're thinking that gut, it's for digestion, and that's where food gets processed. What does that have to do with my immune system? Well, in fact, you know, 70, 80% of all immune tissue in your body is housed in your digestive tract. And that's the largest sampling site for your body. That's the largest exposure you get to the outside world. And so your digestive tract is really concentrated with immune tissue and immune cells. That's where a lot of the training happens for your immune system. And in fact, the, the digestive immune tissue and the digestive immune system controls the rest of the immune system around the body. There's this really important crosstalk that happens, this conversation between your gut microbiome and the immune tissue and the immune cells within your gut that dictates how effectively your immune system responds to things it encounters. If you have a dysfunctional gut, if you've got a, a gut full of inflammation and a gut full of pathogens, the immune response gets compromised. You get a much more inflammatory type response to things that your body encounters. Oh, but if your gut, on the contrary, if your gut microbiome is really healthy, you've got a diverse gut microbiome, you've got really little leaky gut or no leaky gut. Um, if your gut microbiome is producing all of these important compounds like short chain fatty acids and so on, all of those things go a long way to supporting an effective immune response where your immune system, A, 
can respond effectively to things that it should, and B, and this is equally important, not respond to things that it shouldn't be responding to. Right? Both of those are critical components, and that's controlled by the gut microbiome. So if your gut microbiome is healthy, your immune system is going to function better. And if your immune system is going to function better, uh, something like a vaccine would actually become more effective because your immune system's response to it will be better. If you just joined, we're speaking with Kieran Christian. He's the chief science officer of Just Thrive Health about what we can do to keep our immune system strong and healthy, you know, to protect against things like the coronavirus. So that that leads to an obvious question about, well, what can we do? Uh, you know, since most Americans seem to like list, maybe you have an immune system to do list for us to start the year off. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start that list with focusing on the gut, like we just talked about, right? So step one in the gut is diet. Diet plays such a huge role in the health of your microbiome. And what are the simple things you can do in order to improve your diet with respect to the microbiome and then your immune system? It's avoiding certain foods and adding in other foods. So let's talk about what you avoid. The more you can avoid processed foods, so these are anything packaged uh, anything that, that, that comes with an extensive label of ingredients, things that have preservatives in them, antimicrobials, antifungals, all of those things will have a negative impact on your microbiome. Also, avoiding um, non-organic foods as much as you can. You know, I understand that not every food uh, comes in an organic version and not everybody has access to organic food, but doing the best you can is still impactful. Even if you switch out one of the things you eat on a regular basis with an organic version, you'll be, you'll be improving your overall gut health. And the reason for that is the, or, the non-organic foods are covered with things like Roundup you know, glyphosate. These are very strong antimicrobials that end up killing the good bacteria in your microbiome. So those things can really have a negative impact on your microbiome. So simple steps. One, reduce your your consumption of processed packaged foods, and then uh, try to increase your, or try to reduce your consumption of non-organic foods, or at least increase uh, your consumption of organic foods. Then in terms of other dietary changes, you can improve the diversity of your diet. So adding in new foods that you don't normally eat, adding in one new vegetable a week, one new fruit a week, one new um, source of of fiber a week, just just small changes will have a huge improvement in your overall microbiome and your overall immune response. Um, Doing things like mindfulness work is really important because stress can significantly alter your microbiome and increase the prevalence of pathogenic organisms. Doing a five-minute meditation in the morning, five or 10 minutes before bed, taking some time throughout the day to try to decompress. I know people have busy lives and it can be quite hard, but even if you're taking 10 minutes out of some part of your day to do a breathing exercise, just to get a nice deep breath in, in through your nose, out through your mouth, just to bring your, um, your, your sympathetic system down and increase your parasympathetic system, that can have a huge impact on your microbiome, which will then have a huge impact on your immune system. Taking a really good probiotic can be a huge benefit. We work, of course, with the spore-based probiotics, which we've shown in a number of clinical trials have huge um, impact on your microbiome in a very positive way, and also on the leakiness of the gut. So that can be a really powerful tool. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, from the immune system's perspective, taking some of the basic micronutrients, getting in enough vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, uh, vitamin E, vitamin A, all of those things uh, can really provide some good mechanical support to the functionality of your immune system. So just some of those, those things alone, if people incorporate four or five of those things I just listed, um, it'll go a really long way in improving the function of their gut and then the function of their immune system as well. But finally, Kieran, what's your feeling about the mistrust that so many Americans have about the COVID-19 vaccines and, and vaccines in general? I mean, I know a lot of people that are not going to get this vaccine. Yeah, I do as well. And, and it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, um, and, and I think part of it is the industry, the vaccination industry, the way the government portrays some of this information as well. I think they've created mistrust. A lot of this, of course, came out of the whole autism issue where, you know, companies and, and government agencies were not recognizing vaccine injury, right, which is which is a problem, right? So there are people uh, and it's a very, it's relatively rare, but there are people who get injury from taking vaccines, who get side effects. And, you know, and that's not surprising because there's side effects that some people get from almost anything, right? There are food side effects that people will get. So the fact that all of that has tried to be quieted and, and covered up and so on, I think has created a lot of angst and anxiety. And, and it's unfortunate because I think that some of the vaccines they're putting out, the data seems to be quite positive. And, and that if enough people, especially the most vulnerable people, get them, um, it could really help slow down the transmission. And we're seeing, you know, surges of um, the, the virus now post-holidays. We're seeing new versions of the virus coming in from the UK and so on, more infective versions. And that's going to continue if we don't slow down the spread. And I think the vaccines can be effective in slowing down the spread. So, um, hopefully not too many people are, are, are you know, have the, um, the issue with the vaccine and enough get vaccinated so it can help slow down the spread. But and I understand it. You know, I completely empathize with the people that are completely um, you know, paranoid and, and concerned about the vaccine. I understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, it, the industry itself hasn't handled vaccine injury well. And I think that's where a lot of the angst comes from. That's again, that's a great explanation, too. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, thank you for everything today. I mean, this is just uh, th this this is so timely and, and we're so grateful that we have you to uh, call on f to answer these questions for us. So I guess I'm hearing you say that you would recommend people get the vaccine. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Talk to your doctors. There are people that have increased risks, right? There are people with certain immunological conditions that have increased risk. If you're an especially high risk person with regards to COVID, in terms of having a really adverse response, you know, you're, you're older, you have metabolic disease, uh, you're diabetic, you have heart disease, all of these things, you should certainly be looking at it, um, you know, talking to your doctor about it. But I think the vaccines can play a very significant role in reducing the spread. And I think if, uh, if enough people get it, it, it will do that in a relatively short amount of time. 
Thanks, Kieran. We've been speaking with Kieran Krishnan. He's the chief science officer for Just Thrive Health about how we can keep our immune system strong and healthy to protect against COVID-19. You can find out more about the spore-based probiotics we've discussed with Kieran at justthrivehealth.com. That's justthrivehealth.com. Up next, we'll find out about green consciousness and why it could be very good for you. And don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HealingQuest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Radio. 